Ahoy there, landlubbers! Whispers in the Sea is an actual play series drawing elements from stories of fantasy horror, political drama, and swashbuckling action and adventure pirate stories. As such, a list of content warnings will always be made available in the description. I, I, I want to avoid any sort of heavy fire at our vessel at, at all costs, so even something as silly as a banner, if it makes them take a moment to think and reconsider, I would like that very much so. Bren, 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 you do what you must, I will simply give them a little distraction. Felix, you feel that whisper in the back of your mind again. It feels like there's someone, a devil, whispering on your shoulder. Get that arrow. Now is not the time, if you would notice, we're in a bit of a situation. Do you know how to pilot a ship? In theory. In theory? Okay. I read about it. Can you turn a wheel? Yes. At the helm, you would see, starting at the 12 o'clock and 6 o'clock of the helm, lines of that fuchsia and teal and the wheel glowing with those colors. That resistance eases as you're able to turn the ship, avoiding this new chorus of cannon fire. Basically, I just want to totally kick their sails out. Just completely maim them. Because if we do that worst case, we can just leave and they're kind of fucked. You take aim, you're ready to fire, and the wick goes all the way down, and then there's nothing. As you start to move towards the front of it, it has a delayed fire. You are deafened. You should tell your crew to cease fire. Well, and why should I do that? Simplest answer is because if you don't, then I'll turn the sea red with your blood. <laughs> and the blood of every living creature on this ship. I would like to see you try. All right. Another voice starts to seem to bellow from underneath the ship. A creature. A leviathan. What is it called? Chauve souris de la mer. It is the, is the bat of the sea. And so Bryn, um, upon hearing the sound of this beast, phases through the floor of the ship and into the water. As you are floating here amidst the darkness below the ship, you can hear the distant reverberations making their way through the ocean and up towards you, bouncing off of the bottom of the hull of the ship and then back down. You hear the high-pitched squealing getting closer as you see a enormous shadow slither its way through the water deep below you you see it turn and it's starting to make its way up
it's nighttime. Usually sea bats tend to stay in the oceans for the most part. It's dark down there. They don't have to deal with anything above water. They are fast predators. They are quick to grab anything that is in their way. But night comes and the moon rises. There are known to surface and any ships nearby, any people nearby are likely to be grabbed up by them if they're not careful and whisked deep beneath the ocean. Upon seeing this creature, Bryn pulls herself back or the ship pulls Bryn back inside of it. As you were trying to pull yourself back in, can I get a break in or out roll? Oh, shit. When you see an opening to break in or out, roll plus blood. Um, okay. Uh, plus blood. Plus, plus blood. Plus, plus the blood, huh? And also plus the blood. Okay. Oh, that's a seven. Seven. On a seven to nine, uh, well, on a hit, you've gotten in or out. Choose one. I will also be choosing one. Oh, these are all bad. These are all really bad. They're not great. I'm going to say I suffer a harm or a weakness, baby, because the woo <laughs> roll up. Let's see. I will give you a choice. Would you rather take four harm, which would put you on death's door? You wouldn't be dead. You'd be close. I would be basically dying. Correct. Or the ship can take one wreck and then you would take half that. Yeah, I'm, I, I, yeah, the ship is going to take a wreck. Holy shit. I'm at two HP. Amazing. Uh, here is what happens then. You see this eyeless, smooth monstrosity slithering its way up towards you. It's gaping maw opening as it is. Its teeth are black as obsidian. It's multiple rows of teeth, sharp as daggers. And as it opens, it's got like the weird kind of like sinuous like membrane in between like the gaps of the like edges of its mouth as it is opening, trying to suck in water and you along with it, but you are able to tether yourself and pull yourself through, uh, back through the hull of the ship, um, into the lower deck, right as the sea snake gets its, like, a huge bite into the bottom of the ship. Uh, the ship is going to take one wreck, so mark that down. And you can feel as both the front and back of your abdomen, it feels like you are being bitten in half. Everybody else on the ship, you all feel like the ship suddenly like rock and like because it's getting hit from the bottom. Um, and so you feel it kind of shake and then stiffen as something has grabbed it. And then you start to feel the ship beginning to be pulled under. Holy shit. Oh, man. We're all on that ship, though. You all are on that ship. Uh, Felix, from your position where you are, I'm kind of imagining during this period of time, you're kind of going back and forth a little bit uh, between, uh, you know, uh, throwing blows back and forth. Uh, you can see the shadow beneath the ocean. 
you can see this monstrosity grabbing on to this ship and like you can see it rock back and forth and like slowly being like moved to like be pulled under in a way that is what you are noticing but we are cutting to avery you were still at the helm. You were uh, you were successfully maneuvering the ship away from the sliver of justice in order to uh, get out of the range of their cannon fire, but the ship has suddenly stopped, and you felt that rocking sensation, the sudden halt, and the feeling of like you can hear the splintering of wood from somewhere down below, and can feel the ship as it is like. It's not being, like, dragged under, right? Like, uh, this creature, while large, is not necessarily strong enough to be able... Like, it doesn't have the downward leverage to be able to pull everything down. This is what you're feeling is the force of this thing taking a bite and then trying to, chew, like, take the full bite. But right now, it's trying to, like... Its teeth are not made to claw through ships. Uh, but it can do whatever damage that it's trying to do. And right now it's trying to take the full bite, but it's not going great. I feel like I just want to add that, like, as the crew feels this force at the bottom of the ship, the entire ship wails louder than any of the cannons, just lets out a screech. Yeah. Avery. I'm just going to look up to Fontaneva, make eye contact with her. And say it's it's stopped. I there's nothing I can do. There's something underneath. You say that, and her eyes widen. She uh, rushes over to the railing, like looks over down below, and there is the shadow of a mass of a. I'm trying to remember the size. You said you said it was fifty, 50 meters. Yards. Fifty yards is twice a blue whale. I do want us yes. to be so clear how big this thing is. Yes, oh, Christ. Marcy, why does this creature exist? Because it's neat. <laughs> it is neat. It's neat and real bad for you all right now. Real bad. So, uh, yeah, she sees that and she's like, and you see her go into like, holy shit, what the fuck? Uh, Captain Hano, who has been around, uh, actually, I think she had gone below deck briefly. Um and is now coming out and you see she has in her hand this enormous emerald green metaled trident uh in one hand and she's like running and she's like running back up has like just made it to uh the top of the deck and looks around and she says what the fuck was that uh to which uh, Fontaneva goes it's a sea bat captain <laughs> Whew. Um, I wanted to ask a quick question. Yes. Does Fontaneva um, asking that of me, would that count as her relying on me? Yes, it would. Cool. Can I use my bond move? Absolutely, you can. Uh, can you read it for us? When a crewmate relies on you, add one rank with them or add one rank with a book of your choice. When you trust or confide in a crewmate completely, they add one rank with you, or you remove one rank with a book, their choice. If rank can't go any higher, mark experience instead. Amazing. So, who uh, who or what are you uh, adding a rank to? I would like to add some rank to some of my books. I haven't done that yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got some books to choose from. i got some books to choose from. I'm going to throw that rank at my book called Two Pillars in a Sea of Chaos. Mm, okay. 
So the ability associated with this book is that I can compel one person who hears me read the book to forget a recent event that has happened in the past day and replace that memory with a new one. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, you can add one rank to that book. You've been studying it, reading over Two Pillars in the Sea of Chaos for both everyone else and the audience. Uh, Two Pillars in the Sea of Chaos is a... Well, the version that Avery has is an unedited draft of the complete histories of the Holy Marvellian Empire uh, before it was heavily censored and edited by High Emperor Jameson uh, Marvell II and what is now known as the Emperor Jameson uh, version uh, <laughs> of, <laughs> of the book. You planning on using it? I, I want it in my back pocket, maybe. Okay. I don't have right. I don't have a I don't have a laid out plan of any sorts. There's no grand machinations going on here, but All right. Uh cutting back to uh our scene. So yes, uh Captain Hano has just come up. She's got her big ass uh emerald trident. Fontaneva has just informed her uh that uh a sea bat has caught hold of the ship. It's a sea bat? <sighs> Fucking things. I run over to go look too. I've only I've only read about these things. Yeah, uh, what you're seeing now as you're going over the edge of the ship is you see this enormous shadow beneath the ship and you see like parts of its gaping maw of this smooth, silky gray figure, um, eyeless. Uh, what you're seeing is essentially like uh, part of its gigantic maw that is coming out of the water and like clamping onto uh, the ship. It's not like getting the entirety of the ship. Its mouth is probably um, like really, it's able to unhinge its jaw and open its mouth wide enough to clamp around it. Uh, but it's really like taking like essentially like uh, one of those like plastic baggy clips for like cereal bags, you know, that is how it is clamping down onto it. It's not the full length, but it has the jaw force to be able to hold on. And you're seeing as the rest of its 50-yard body uh, below the ocean is kind of whirling itself around and around, trying to create almost like this, like, suction effect to be able to, like, force itself down by creating a force to pull itself. Um, and it's, like, it's slowly working, but it's not, like, an immediate thing that is happening if that makes sense. Uh, it is happening, it is a danger to you, but it is not like this is going to happen in seconds. That's so fucking cool, that's so fucking cool. <laughs> is it toward, like, so, I'm I'm at the back of the ship with mm -hmm. the wheel, obviously. Is it is it under the back of the ship, the middle of the ship, the front of the ship? Like, where? Um, I guess that depends, Bryn. Where were, where were you closest to? The front, back, or middle of the ship? In the bow. The front of the ship. Yeah. Okay. But you can still see the shadow of the large yeah, no, snake absolutely. body like going around because that's how big it is. I will look over at at Fontaneva, who's prob I'm probably next to her now, looking over the side. I might be able to help. I'm I'm gonna go up front and I rush toward the front of the ship. I maybe I might go actually under the decks to like get near like mm -hmm. the ocean more. So that I can yeah, get yeah, yeah. as far down and close to it as possible. 
amazing as you do that you're running off to go uh you say like you might be able to help uh to uh to them and then you run back that way and i think our camera lingers on fontaneva and hano for a second as they look back and forth and go what <laughs> okay whatever and then uh and uh hano's like it says to Fontaneva, you follow him, I guess. He's got something. I don't know. I'm going to I'm gonna do what I can. And, like, is grabbing rope to tie around herself to then tie around the railing. And, like, um, Fontaneva, like, Repelling off of the ship? Is yeah, she, she like, oh, yeah, she's yeah. going to try to repel off the ship. Uh, so Fontaneva runs uh, after you uh, to follow. And we see Hano, like, tie the rope around uh, around the railing. Uh, call out a few of uh, the crew members to be able to uh, keep a watch uh, on the rope for her. And she goes diving off the side of it, trident in hand, uh, ready. And we follow Fontaneva as she is following you uh, below the decks of the ship. As you are running below the ship, there is this kind of deep emanating, like, wine that is happening. Uh animalistic in a way where it is this grunting and like the like putting in effort in trying to hunt right trying to take this bite and it's frustrated that like it's having to go through all of this effort and so there's just this oh like truly like whale sounds as this creature is trying to take a bite out of the ship and as you are running through the halls it's just this weird it's the screaming of or actually maybe not screaming anymore because it i don't think Bryn is screaming anymore now that you're not screaming actually if i may ask really quickly what is the sound of the cannons i think at this point the cannons it's not about how differently they sound but like the way that their sound exists these cannons when they fire, have an echo and a reverberation to them. And when they explode, never like instead of a burst of, of fire coming out of the cannons, you instead see almost like each of the cannonballs looks like a comet. Has everyone here listened or watched Courage the Cowardly Dog? Yes. Yes. There's an episode of Courage the Cowardly Dog where essentially this gerbil rat man uh, has uh, this cannon that fire and like when you get hit by it, you get sad, essentially. Um, but the sound that it makes is so it's stuck in my head where it is this kind of muted explosion. But the sound of it traveling through the air has this whine to it. It echoes as it moves, as if it's moving through not just this space, but several spaces. And you're hearing it as it's doing it. And so, Avery, you are running through the hallways uh, of the lower decks of the ship and you're hearing this weird, whining, echoey cannon fire. The high-pitched whining of the sea bat that is trying to munch on this ship. And, like, I don't know. It's this weird, horrific scene as you're trying to keep your balance through the ship that is slowly being pulled under. Um, where are you headed? Um, I'm heading, like, as far down in the like into the depths of the ship as I can. And as mm -hmm. far toward the front, wherever the sound is loudest. And I'm just, 
I, I don't know if I've really described it, but I've always pictured that I have this satchel basically just like glued to my side. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just see Avery pulling out a book mm-hmm. and rifling through it as I head toward the, uh, the sound. You make it towards the front part of the ship where I think the level that you're on, you are actually seeing the teeth coming through the sides of the hull of the ship. Uh, And like you can hear the splintering and cracking and creaking of the wooden boards as they are struggling to maintain their structure here. And Fontaineva's right behind you as you're like going through your books and she catches up to you. What the hell is wrong? What are you doing? I'm I'm trying something. And then I'm going to get like, get down on my knees basically and lay the book out in front of me. And I'm going to like find the part of it that I want to read. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, in my distress, I called on the goddess and she answered me from deep in the realm of the dead. I called for help and she heard my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. The engulfing waters threatened me, the deep surrounded me, and the goddess commanded the creature, and it released me from its maw. And I'm going to, like, channel that down into, hopefully, the creature hearing me. And use that book. Yeah. So when you read a magic book aloud, you spend one bond with it to use its power, which is the one bond you just got. Uh, the power lasts for as long as you read. And so it's po- the power is... Uh, Compel one person who hears you read the book to forget a recent event that has happened in the past day and replace that memory with a new one. So I'm compelling it to have this memory of like coming into contact with the ship, something awful happened, and then I'm going to also like replace that memory slightly with it having eaten more than its fill of fish and you know other sea creatures <laughs> beforehand mm-hmm. and it's it has it doesn't want anything to do with this ship it's gross and it can't get its mouth around it why would it ever want to bother with this and replace that whole interaction in its mind i guess <laughs> yeah. with the fact that it's been fully satiated you read these words from two pillars in a sea of chaos. What does this book look like, by the way? Um, since it's, you know, kind of it's almost like a binder of like loose leaf paper, but like it has been bound but has like an unmarked uh cover to it, but has like a weight to it and a size to it that feels recognizable, but like you don't know what it is because it doesn't have its label on it basically. Mm-hmm. Where it's like Anyone who, you know, maybe looked through it cursorily would be like, oh, this is Two Pillars in the Sea of Chaos. But they don't know, like, what it truly is. Absolutely. You take out this book, you read these words, and there's a moment where Fontaneva is just kind of standing over you like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> what the fuck? Avery, and what is it like when you use these magic books? Is there any kind of sign to anyone around that you are tapping into something here? That you are affecting the world in such a way? I like to imagine that, like, the words I am saying, like, ones that really, like, carry a lot of meaning, they're almost, like, coming off of the pages and turning into, like, little motes of light 
that then channel into whatever is being affected by the spell, whether it weaves itself into, you know, a song or like a net or a rope, like it's, it's doing something. And I think the way this one looks is the words are coming off of the page and sinking down into the ship in like slithering into the creature's ears, (laughs) (laughs) whatever the holes are. You can't obviously see that, but as like, a hole from the camera you're just seeing these like lights yeah very small slivers mm-hmm. words turning into these slivers of light yeah those slivers of light seep into the walls of the ship and Bryn, there's a certain part of you down deep in the belly of this ship further down where you can feel that something is being invoked it's not from you it is from something different something familiar and i think specifically in this case something deeply horrifying to you as the way in which it moves through you is like a gong from a bell and as those lights move out of the ship and into the sea bat You hear the splintering and the creaking and the grating of the wood as it's struggling not to buckle beneath the force lessen. The teeth slowly unpierce the hole, leaving brand new portholes in the side of the ship for Thorin to fix up later. And I think you hear the whining and almost kind of feel as this enormous creature sinks into the ocean away from the ship. And there is a moment, like, I think you're like still reading, right? Because the effect lasts until you're done reading. And at the point where you stop, Fontaneva is just standing over you dumbfounded. And she looks down at you and goes, what in the Seven Lords' name was that? I just have encountered some things in my studies, uh, and I wanted to help. Seems to have worked, and I, I go ahead and I, like, close up the book and put it back away and stand up again. She's just staring. Shall we head back up? Yeah. Great. And I just go ahead and I, like, walk past her. I try to pretend that this is normal average kind of like i'm not making a big deal of it i'm just gonna go back up to the to where captain Hano and everyone was amazing uh, our camera is going to cut to thorin thorin you are on you are on the floor of the ship uh again there was the huge rocking and waving uh and stuff and i'd like to think the splint on my fingers fell off and they rebroke during that yeah <laughs> oh tragic um yeah, bud, uh, you're down here, but things have settled again uh, on uh, the ship as far as that goes. You are still deafened. And like, there are like the the uh, the gunmen are doing their best to try to like organize themselves and like be able to support it. But like, none of them are leaders, right? They all, they all are good at taking direction, not necessarily giving it. And so without your guidance, they're a little bit off. Uh, but you are, are are coming to a little bit. You're able to understand the situation, the ringing in your ears. Yeah, what do you what do you do? So, 
I do appreciate that during the time period that I fucked up a cannon roll and before I got up again, Bryn summoned a sea bat and Avery took care of it with book magic. I just think that's really neat and cool that that all happened while I was sitting on my ass <laughs> in my splint getting fucked up. I'm going to try, partially just because Thorn can't think right now, the exact same thing we just tried to do. And that is, again, doing a barrage in such a way that totally maims the ship. It is it is dead in the water. It could not follow us because of the, the sails being demolished. So... Do we want to go, is that plus one, or do we keep it plus two? Do you think that Thorn is able to find a way to communicate what he is trying to do to everyone else? I think Thorn knows how to stand up, stomp on the ground, make sure that, you know, he's got everyone's attention, say in order, start to do it, and them kind of muscle memory get in the, get in the groove. Okay, then yeah, you can get the plus two on that. Ten. Ooh, amazing. On a ten, you just get to you get you get to hit what you want. Yes. You are getting to the point where you are slowing down the Shep in its active pursuit of you. So did I succeed at it being dead in the water? Or? It is mechanically not dead in the it has a it has a mechanical point when it, it is dead in the water. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. You have to do a certain amount of damage. You are at the threshold of when it is about to be slowed. Two more and then it will not be able to move. Alright, guys, I'll just be down here. I mean, other people can also do things to cause wreck damage, but this is a surefire way to definitely do it. No, no, this is this is just gonna be Thorin's station during this and for every turn, I'm just going to keep trying to do this to basically just kill it in the water. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so as uh, our camera follows uh, one of these uh, cannonballs, as they are careening uh, into uh, the top deck of the ship, taking out uh, some of the uh, naval officers who are beginning because they they feel that they are getting a little closer to the point where they need to start thinking, okay, what happens when we board? And they're starting to get those preparations ready. Uh, we see uh, the continuing uh, sword fight between Felix and Captain Hubert. I just want to say, as the as the battle has gone on and we've taken more damage, some of the walls of the ship and the cannons have started leaking a similar dark blue with like metallic glinting bits from like each of them uh, like the mouths of the cannons have this like that 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 dark ichor pouring from them after each mm. shot that's good that's good felix you're sort of fighting up here what's up okay a lot has happened since we uh since we last checked in o over here yes and uh like felix is maybe not feeling like it is in his best interest to continue this fight directly mm -hmm. as he's been doing. First of all, this is not a, this is not a move. Okay. Um, he says to uh, Captain Hubert, well, this has been fun. Certainly, I'm sure you'll agree. I would like to give you one last chance to leave here alive. I'm imagining this is happening, and, and of course there's no, like, mechanical thing with this, that the two of you are doing, like, you know, the testing of each other back and forth, uh, <laughs> parrying, uh, testing blows, 
um, before either of you actually go in for like a true strike along like the bow of the sliver of justice. <laughs> and he returns, ah, but my friend, I don't believe that uh, we are done. Oh, are you losing your spine already? <laughs> I thought you pirates were, uh, how you say, better than that? <laughs> Felix responds, eh, some pirates maybe, but my friend, I can be so much worse than you can possibly imagine. Felix quietly mutters, get the damn arrow for you if you help me out here. And what I'm doing is I'm doing the uh, uh, section of uh, the Devil's Contract uh, move. Uh, I'm going to take the Bedeviled Weakness to mark one luck. Okay, interesting. And then I'm immediately going to use that, and I'm going to use Dark Magician again. Of course, of course. So you're only spending one luck for that. Um, all right. Uh, roll a 2d6 plus Spitfire. That's a seven. Ooh, okay. So. On a seven to nine, roll one D, so one D6, to determine which one you're going to get. Or you can take one harm to add or subtract one from whatever result you get from this D6 roll. So if you get a three and you're like, oh, I want two or a four, you can take one harm to make it a two or a four. Yeah, okay. So to be clear, I had one luck left. So now I have two. I am spending two. You are spending two luck. Got it. Okay, awesome. Uh, so same deal, uh, except uh, you can instead take two harm to be able to choose which one that you're going to get, or you can take one harm to add or subtract one from the result. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to roll. I'm going to roll. Okay, cool. Okay, that's exactly what I wanted. It's a three. I can create chaotic fireballs and infernos in the air around you. Okay, cool. What does this look like? Felix is going to transform back into the bird. And as he does so, a swarm of other birds made of fire and smoke spring from where he flies away from. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, I think, okay, to add on to the sequence of events, in order for you to be able to get away from this situation, I'm going to need a break in or out roll from you as a bird. Do remember that you are not in control of this move, Damien is. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. cool. Remembering that, roll your 2d6 plus blood. Uh, that's an 11. An 11 on a hit, uh, you've gotten in or out, and you're going to choose one. Or I should say, Damien's going to choose one. And I think this is this is actually just a natural uh, uh, consequence of what's happening here. You fade into smoke as you take a step back, and uh, Captain Hubert uh, goes to take like a quick thrust at you, uh, like through the smoke and out of the smoke flies dozens of smoky, fiery birds pluming from this uh, this puff of smoke and out towards uh, 
just like out flying chaotically around the ship past uh past rigging past the flags past the mast past people catching their clothes on fire catching the rigging on fire catching the ship on fire and you amongst all of these are able to fly away and this fire and the smoke begins to choke the people around here and as you're flying off, you hear in the back of your mind that deep, treacherous voice seeping in like smoke. You're leaving quite the trail, aren't you? Some assassin you've turned out to be. <laughs> Felix responds, Oh, don't write me off so quickly. And he directs the, um, the flaming birds to enter the gun ports of the ship and um, trying to ignite as much of uh, the potentially very flammable material that is in there. Damien has chosen you leave evidence or attract attention. As you're flying off, I think from the other ship, Thorin, you see this. Avery, by the time this happens, you've made it back to the top of the ship where Captain Hano is climbing back up the side of the ship. She is drenched. Um, Spear is bloody. She was down there doing stuff <laughs> and then uh, saw, uh, saw that it was quick time to leave um, before things got too bad. And so she's climbing back up to the top of the ship with the help of, uh, the rope ladder that, um, some of the crew have, uh, thrown down for her. And you all see as like one of the crew member calls out, pointing out towards the sliver of justice as arcing rings of fire coalesce at like towards the center of the Navy ship up arc and ring around back in towards the gun ports and there's this moment of silence before a fiery ball of light explodes from the ship you've dealt two wreck damage which is enough to leave the ship stranded and all of the people here who also probably died in that explosion not so much. That's a really loud sound. Real loud sound. You tell me how you land. I, I, I actually think Felix is maybe a bit overtaken by adrenaline and doesn't really go for anything flashy. I think he just kind of like lands and and transforms back as quickly as possible. You land right in front of uh, everyone. Uh, I'm going to say, Thorne, you having seen the explosion and such uh you and the rest of the the gunner crew come running up to top deck of the ship um around the time that you land transforming back in a steam wafting off of you after like a hot shower sure. it's like a mask being peeled off as it starts from your front and then like kind of flows backwards and you are revealed beneath its dissipating mask and everyone on the crew just kind of stops and stares 
all of you are in witness and I don't think anyone has any questions about who did this. Well, I suppose we can add this as a bullet point in the next team meeting. Good job, Felix. Felix, uh, like I said, adrenaline, but like when he when he hears that, that I think that snaps him back a bit and he composes himself and he takes a bow. <laughs> as a bird or as Fe- or have you turned back into Felix? Yeah, he's turned back into Felix. Okay. <laughs> um and uh Captain Captain Hano's nearby. Yeah, Captain Hano is amongst the people gawking at you. Yeah. He he turns to her and like gestures sort of to uh, to the off in the distance the uh the other ship and he uh he says does that count as protecting the ship yes yes felix glad i could help there's a few of the crew members who like start cheering and immediately like come to your side like put like fucking like bro hugging like pats on the back like felix like they're going crazy for you and like dragging, like dragging you back. Uh, I think uh, Johan uh, ha- is already like uh, tapping into a keg, um, ready to like uh, get some uh, drinks for you. You obviously get the first mug. Captain Hano and Fontaneva just watch silently. The ball of fire still in the near distance. Avery. Thorin, how are the two of you feeling? Thorin can't hear, and while Thorin had already come to the point where he wants to kind of emotionally support the crew every time they do something good because he feels bad about how shit, you know, chucked off, Mm -hmm. I think there's just this concern and a bit unnerved with who are these people? Yeah. Because, uh... The cannons were screaming and screamed so loud that I can't hear. And that was a sea bat just come and gone. I think I saw some uh, glitter coming down from somewhere. I don't know. Uh, You know, as far as uh, the book was concerned. Thorin, and then while very grateful, genuinely, that Felix what he did that is an eerily similar way that his ship went down not so much firebirds but as far as uh explosives going off on a ship and it just fucking decimating crippling everything yeah and thorn also knows that they have to get the fuck out of there all of these emotions are consuming and then it all circles back around and hits him again as i'm deaf still and he just kind of sits down. Yeah. Avery. Um, Avery has just come back up to the top deck and probably just saw the explosion happen moments after he arrived back and uh, is just kind of hanging back and getting the lay of the land and seeing, you know, who's coming from where, what exactly happened, trying to figure out, put all the pieces together. And is also just like keeping an eye on Fontaneva because I don't think he expected her to be so uh, surprised by um, what he did. So he's, you know, just like looking around and notices that 
Bryn isn't there. So I think it's going to at least log that away and maybe start like actively seeking Bryn out in like the top of the ship area. Our camera moves from Avery as he recognizes an absence here and begins searching for the person to fill it. And it moves down below the decks to the lowermost deck where Bryn is. It's all over now. The sea bat's gone. The navy is no more. But you're still here. Hurt. The ship is hurt. How do you feel? Bryn is dazed. Sitting on the floor of the lowermost deck. Holes in the vessel. Water coming in. Patches and puddles of that same dark shimmering liquor mixing with the water the water almost looking like the night sky Bren is simply staring into the water thinking about how helpless she feels that even the act of trying to fight is something that can destroy her thinking about how trying to take agency of oneself to save oneself betrays the trust and can harm all the people that she wants to protect. And she has to sacrifice her own safety and her own agency in order to be trusted by the people on this ship. As our camera hovers over Brim, curled up on the lowest deck of the Bois Perdu in a pool of stars in color, we fade to black. Good job, gang. Wow, what a session. What a session. What a session indeed. That was fucking wild. You guys are crazy. Let's do let's do our in-session moves, BB. I'm gonna start with Avery. Avery, did you defeat a major foe? I'll say maybe yes with the sea bat. Big, sick, yes. Did you gain significant treasure? No. Did you accomplish one of your goals? Yes. Amazing. Was useful. I agree. Uh, you get to choose one of those things. You can mark one experience, add one rank with someone, or a book, or clear all of your weaknesses. I will take rank with another book. Okay, which book? I'll do the first and second contract. Ooh, okay, awesome. Ellis and or Thorin. Did you defeat a major foe? I helped. Yeah, no, 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 no. I definitely... I think basically everyone here helped in the defeating of the Navy. So I would count that. Uh, did you gain a significant treasure? Yes. I pocketed the arrow. Yeah. You've got the magic arrow now. Did you accomplish one of your character's goals this session? Yes. We are riding away from safety. Big sick. All right. You get to mark one experience, add one ranked with someone, or clear all of your weaknesses. I'm going to mark experience. Okay. Awesome. 
Felix, did you <laughs> defeat a major foe? Yep. Gain significant treasure? Nope. Accomplish one of your character's goals this session? Yep. Awesome. Uh, mark uh, one experience, add one to your rank with someone, or clear all of your weaknesses. I think I might add rank with Damien. Ooh, yeah, that makes sense. And last but not least, our good friend Bryn. Did you defeat a major foe? I don't think so. Gain significant treasure? Nope. Accomplish one of your character's goals? Nope. So the reason why I say this is I don't think that my character enacted in any way to succeed, fulfill those goals. Yeah. Yes, those goals, like those things didn't happen. Yeah. But like my character didn't do anything to really make that the case. Yeah, that's totally fair. I understand that. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Whispers in the Sea. I have been your most humble of game masters, but this isn't about me. No, 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 no. This is about our fantastic crew. And how about you? It's tell- about you too. Yeah, no, what the heck? No, no, it's about me at the very end. But Gus, please tell people where they can find you on the internet. You can find me on the internet, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr now. I have, I, I was going to say I moved to Tumblr, but I moved to Tumblr in the sense that I posted nothing on Twitter and now I post nothing on Tumblr. Yes. Uh, but all of those are uh, August underscore Nobby, K-N-O-B-B-E, uh, except I believe my Tumblr does not have the underscore in it. It is just August Nobby. I do music. Look for that. It's coming up. It's coming soon. Yeah. Music soon. Amazing. Hilda! Hi! You want to tell people where they can find this podcast on the internet? Come find our podcast. Uh, We are still on Twitter and Tumblr now. And come join us in the Discord, which is in the link of both of those bios, I believe. Mm -hmm. What's the at? The at. Tales Yet Told. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> I guess, and if and if you want to, if if Tumblr's gonna be a thing, come follow me on Tumblr. I'm little goody two shoes on Tumblr. Hey yo! Finally, the the Hilda the Hilda. Oh my gosh! The that Hilda everyone's blog. been waiting for. Yeah, exactly. The people have been screaming for this. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, and uh, Marcy, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Soapy Squid, S-O-A-P-I-E-S-Q-U-I-D. Um, I may be also moving to Tumblr soon. We'll see if I get the the user I want. Um, if you want me on Tumblr, I'm actually going to change a little bit. You'll find me under Full Moon's Embrace. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you guys for listening. It's wonderful, and I hope to see you in the Discord because it's a nice little place. Yeah, we've been getting a nice little gang of people, especially as everyone is trying to flee, is jumping from the burning tower that is Twitter. But no, seriously, join oh, in. It's, there's a lot of fun little combos and stuff, and I, I don't know how to like express. I don't. I mean, I don't want to speak for the entirety of the rest of the team, but like, anytime you guys like mention anything from an episode that you found interesting or liked, it really means a lot. It like, puts, puts life up. in my veins. It genuinely yes. like can take a bad week to just a really, really good one. And so anytime you guys have anything that you just want to talk about or anything, if you're in there and we look at it, even if we don't comment, just know that like probably one of us is looking at it and you are making our day like actively better. 
Absolutely. Love you all so much. Ellis, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter um, again until you can find me on Tumblr. Um, Everybody's joining Tumblr, baby! <laughs> Woo! I'm Never horrifyingly left. returning to my roots. I was a I was a Tumblr delinquent as as a tyke, uh, but it's been years since I've walked on that soil, so it's bringing up a lot for me. Anyways, you can find me at Twitter at a uh, horror writer spelled W H O R E underscore or underscore the word writer, uh, and I am sad and I post art, so you know if you want some of that, by all means. Who wouldn't? And here we are. It's me. It's your boy with an I, Kendo, with an O. <laughs> oh. you, can, <laughs> you can find me everywhere on the internet, which now also includes Tumblr, at Kendo Makes Films. And you can find, well, this actual play podcast, like Hilda said, on Twitter and Instagram. And please, 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 take the time right now, if you're still listening, which I hope you are because you're sweet little darlings, go rate and review us wherever you're listening to this. It helps us so much, not just because like it feels nice to see what you guys think about us, but also it helps us to grow and helps other people to be able to find the podcast. We put no money into uh, into advertising this podcast, but I put a decent amount of money into making it, uh, but uh, we put no money into advertising. And so literally everything is word of mouth or people that or things that people have seen that we post on social media or that other people have posted on social media. You know how many people that I know, good friends of mine who are like, oh, yeah, I've told three or four people to go listen to it and they listen to it and they love it. You can be that person for your friend. Show them things that you like. People like it when you tell them the things that you like. And if you like this podcast, hopefully you'll tell them about us. But all in all, don't forget to go out, eat enough food, drink enough water, get enough sleep, and take care of yourself because, well, self-care is very important, especially in the times we're living in now. And don't forget to love yourself, friends, like we love you. I love you guys. Bye. 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 Ew. Rainbow Roll. Our stories are our voices. voices.